I, I fundamentally believe that Jesus was the original youth leader. Like, you know, I believe the disciples were younger, younger teenagers. You know, Peter was probably the oldest. And actually, when you think about it, Jesus looked after a group of teenagers with one of them trying to kill him. And that's like every youth group I've ever been a part of, do you know? So I think, you know, like he set the standard high. Greetings and welcome to this week's Calling a City to Life, a podcast by Queen's Park Baptist Church in Glasgow. Last week, I think I managed to avoid saying good morning and instead Ian wished kitchen cleaners, dog walkers, car drivers and keep fitters all the best in listening to the podcast. This week we're wishing DJs, clothes store managers, nightclub bouncers, boys brigaders, wristwatch retailers and youth directors of the Europe, Middle East and North Africa. Or instead we are just wishing Des Johnson because all of that is contained in the one man <laughs> that is Des. Good morning Des, how are you? For morning it is guys, the morning. how are you? Doing well, thank you. Very well. We're joined by Brody. Good morning. Good morning, Richard. Morning, everyone. And Jackie. Good morning. Okay, hello, but I, you, you sort of sounded disappointed by the time you got to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just took a like, lot of effort to write all that. I'm glad you're here, Jackie. Thanks, Des. I appreciate yeah, that. You and Des are new best pals after you gave him a, a cracking introduction on Sunday, at which you covered the fact that he had the longest business card title in living history. Des, why don't we start by just establishing mm. who you are and what you do to live, thrive and survive? That's a that's a very big question. But yeah, I am um, <laughs> I'm the youth director, well, I'm the Alpha Youth Director for Europe, the Middle East and North Africa. But I'm also the Boys Brigade president for yes. the UK and the Republic of Ireland. As a fellow Queen's Badger, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I would. Lo I would love to say that I have any badges, but I went to Boys Brigade <laughs> once and got told not to come back. So the fact that I've made it the president is—I don't know if it's a, an indication of how good or bad our systems are. Dare I say this almost feels like a Donald Trump moment? Like no experience necessary to be the most powerful. Like no experience was necessary to be the president of the Boys Brigade. Absolutely, yeah, but it didn't cost me half a billion dollars. Do you know they came and asked me? So, so that and was quite nice. And he had integrity doing it. Yeah, I would. I would also like to think that I'm slightly better at it than Donald Trump was, but than being a president. But you know, I never know. We'll, we'll we'll judge that in ten years' time. That's as far as we'll delve into politics <laughs> on this uh, given day. So, where what I want to know is where does North Africa stop and Southern Africa start? Yeah, that's a good question. So we would we would regard it as sub-Saharan Africa. So the, right. the Sahara acts as the, a nice wee barrier kind of thing. So anything that's touching um, the Mediterranean is kind of ours. But it's it's when you start trying to get your head into the the region, it's crazy because you know you go from Iceland and you go all the way to the stands. Mm -hmm. and kind of you know it's it's a fair chunk of the the map when you look at it. Do you know. So does this mean you've had to apply and get a new passport so that you've got all the pages necessary for everything you need? Well, do you know, that's actually, it's so true. I actually had to get a new passport last year and I and I actually got the fat passport, you know, with all the extra. Oh, yeah, extra pages. Because everything has to get stamped now. So uh, my <laughs> last passport filled up and it, genuinely I had like a James Bond, like, oh, hello. You know, I had all these stamps all over it. It felt quite amazing. But um, yeah, it wasn't until I had to pay for a new passport. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet best passport experience traveling into one of the countries that you've been visiting. 
I, I think possibly the best one was when uh, I arrived into Dubai and um, the guy asked what I was there for and I was like, oh, I'm here for a conference. And he went, all oh, right, okay. He was like, what what type of conference? Tech, music? I was like, oh, it's a Christian conference. And he just looked me up and down and went, okay. And then just stamped my passport. <laughs> but you could tell he wasn't convinced. You know, I was waiting to get pulled off to the side just after, but thankfully they let me through. Good stuff. Brody, you're well-travelled, are you not? No, I'm not very well-travelled. You're not well-travelled? Well no, you know, well, you you don't deserve it. You don't deserve a thick passport yet. No, no, not been that many places. Been places no. that perhaps are unusual to go to, but not been that many places. Most unusual destination? It went to Nepal on honeymoon. On honeymoon, yeah. excellent. Oh well, I it wasn't uh, very for... luxurious. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, uh, Jack, I don't think we're we're not that well travelled. We travel a bit, but it's not 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 as extensive as as Desert or even Brody, where we go. So, looking after the youth for Alpha is that particularly different experience than I don't know looking after the non youth. Um, yes and no. Um, you know we've. I think when we're talking about Generation Z and the up-and-coming Generation Alpha, which we didn't pay for, by the way, but I'm so <laughs> grateful that that is going to be the next generation, um, we're looking at a totally different generation to everything that's came before. Do you know, they express themselves in a different way. They exist in a total... You know, they they have only existed while there have been smartphones, internet, they'll never buy a postage stamp. They'll never send a fax. You know, they, um, they're they likely to become so digitally native that they've never actually even had to use multiple type on a phone, you know, to change the letters. You mm-hmm. know, like, they are just... They're just a totally different animal. They think differently. They operate differently. And part of it is a... A drive on from what millennials have created. You know, they're a, um, you know, we thought eBay was great. You know, mm-hmm. we could buy what we wanted. And then there was the start of, ooh, Netflix and BBC iPlayer, or we can select what we want. They've existed in that space their entire lives. Like they are the ultimate consumer, the ultimate um, driver of. Th- of the future basically because they say that they can have everything when they want it how they want it and and in their time frame in their space so you know we've done a lot of research with them um, and one of the big research papers that we did alongside biblica world vision barna was um the open generation research and that has really lifted out for us a lot of key information about this generation and that's why we're calling them the open generation because they're open to everything Mm. Um, and that just makes it so so different as a as christians how do you approach that when everything's on the table do you know Mm -hmm. cool yeah i think netflix formally closed its postage service only last week because it started off as a you know, videos by post. Uh, yeah, I, I it remember formally it. Closed, formally closed it down uh, uh, just just recently. Uh, it's now, even Netflix is now only online. So, Des, we had the pleasure of your company this past Sunday. As a traditional, we do a quick 60-second summary as best you can of what you brought to the church at large. Sure. So get ready without hesitation, deviation or repetition. Give us your 60 seconds. So 60 seconds. Here we go. Okay. So uh, nightclub bouncer stroke DJ, drug addict, 
had an overdose. God took my addiction away. Spent three years meeting Christians. Kind of weird. Started reading the Bible. Met a girl. Asked the girl out. Said no. Ended up reading the Bible more to prove her wrong. Ended up at church. After um, getting invited to Alpha, then... Um, had a miraculous encounter with the Holy Spirit, became a Christian, then started being a youth worker, ended up at the Scottish Baptist College, ordained Baptist minister, working for Alpha, crazy wee Eden church plant type thing, and now youth director for Europe, the Middle East and North Africa. So quite a few years then. Yeah, over 15 years. Not much going on. So, Brody, I'm guessing this is not the first time that you have heard Des's testimony, because it certainly wasn't for me. It just never loses impact, though, right? Absolutely not. And I think on Sunday, bits that I hadn't heard or details I hadn't heard. So, and what can we say of if you were there, it's you're laughing one minute, crying the next. And it's just amazing to hear of what God has done in Des's life. And I think that's one of the great things about Alpha, isn't it? That there's so many fantastic testimonies of what God has done in people's lives. Yeah, it was, I mean, I have to say, Sunday was amazing, Des. I absolutely loved it. And it's it's the way that you tell it as well is particularly fabulous. But there were so many things that threw up for me personally um, and reflections. <clears throat> One was which, this is kind of going deep kind of quite quickly. You talked about the moment that you overdosed mm. and that you sort of cried out to something you weren't sure to what but you were aware of crying out and then you know you wake up the next day and you're like good I survived and rather than feeling this is some great encounter with God you have that moment of I'm incredible I'm invincible Mm. and so on it had me thinking and this was maybe just me probably just me because I'm a little alternative that way what areas of my life does God give me grace for that it's not that he is sanctioning or endorsing the thing that I'm doing but it's his kindness and love that he's holding me together in that moment. Because mm. we can misinterpret sometimes what his grace in our lives looks like. Because for you, that that was kind of like, oh, I'm just amazing. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. You know, I actually genuinely think back to that moment and wonder if God was sitting there kind of like, da-da, I'm here. Uh-huh. And then had his head in his hands as he went, <laughs> how has he missed this? Do you know, like, yeah. um, and and I think you know how how often is that the case for other things, you know, or h- how often has it been the case that we've been praying for something and then something happens, but we forget about the prayer, or you know maybe something prophetically said to you in January, but it mm-hmm. doesn't hit until August, but we yeah. we miss that, you know, and miss that actually God's got is on this journey with us the whole time and. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. How do we pull out those moments of grace, and how do we, how do we really recognise it? You know, I think, and I think hindsight's really, really good for helping with that. Mm. Yeah, it definitely needs to be something we work on more. I think of looking at actually where is God really at work right now in the moment with mm-hmm. us that we are perhaps not seeing Him. Do you know? Yeah, I certainly was feeling personally the sense of what areas of my life do I feel because because I'm surviving them for want of a better mm. word um, that that therefore God's pleased and he's saying hang around there as opposed to God saying 
well, actually, I'm just giving you grace for that because that's the kind of father I am and I'm helping you mm. and supporting you. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I think these are good choices that you're making. Mm. And I just wondered, I don't know, Brody, does that feel very left field to you or do you see that? No, I think so. I was this morning thinking about uh, preaching not, yeah, this Sunday. And it's Revelation 2 and 3, you know, the message to the seven churches. And you have this picture of, of stars and Jesus doesn't just have the stars, but he holds the stars. And that whole idea of us individually and collective being held by Jesus is just a really powerful image, but also a powerful truth in our lives. I mean, I, I grew up in a church where there was a guy in our church who tried suicide seven times and failed every time. Wow. You know, he once swam a mile out and stood up in a sandbank. And that was it. He thought, oh, I'm giving up this trying to kill myself. And and uh, there was Christians kind of like surrounding him and speaking, uh, very similar to Des's kind of like story of just God was holding this guy, which is incredible to think about. Yeah. Well, I also the, was wondering, Des, if, you know, as the years pass, do, if, do you continue to look back on your story and see God's hand in other places that you hadn't at the time, but that you that you retrospectively feel like he was protecting you? from things or circumstances yeah absolutely and and actually i think you know um i'll give you a really good example i used to attend a so in the wee village i grew up at there was this little youth group like youth club thing that we all went to because there was nothing else to do and um we used to hang out there and and the couple that ran it were lovely they were really 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 nice like just nice old couple and you kind of at the time were like why why are they here for us do you know, but didn't mm-hmm. really think anything about it because you're teenagers and they're like, they are there to serve us, do you know. And then I bumped into them a few years ago and realized that they were Christians. And was wow. like, how, how did I not see that? You know, yeah. but actually that was a prime example of God putting people in my path a long time ago and showing me what real community and real love was. Although I never actually knew it, but I knew when yeah. I didn't have it. Do you know? So like yeah. you just kind of wonder like actually how much and, you know, we, we talk about in, you know, um, evangelism, we can talk about the angle scale, you know, this idea that, you know, in, in Christendom, like in the 50s and stuff, it was eight points that people could directly reference that would see them come to faith, you know, and a lot of people now would say that somewhere between 40 and 50 points of connection to see people come to faith because they don't have, you know, the gospel rooted in. They've not been to Sunday school. They're not taught it in in school, etc. There's not assemblies. So all of these points stretch it right out. So actually, was that number 27 for me? And Mm -hmm. actually, as you add on, it really made a difference further on in my life. Yeah, because you've got to assume that they were praying for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think they must have been because we th- spent a lot of time throwing darts at each other. So, you know, <laughs> like they must have been praying for something, I think. <laughs> probably, probably to get out of there. And, you know, for every youth leader out there or, if, you know, people who are involved and feel like they're working with people who are ungrateful or not really that interested, it just shows you you never know what, what you're doing is doing. You know, it is always part of a story. Isn't that the amazing thing about God yeah. is just and for people who have been brought up through that and remember that, go and try and look up on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever your old youth leader and send them a note and a message to say, Yep, yeah, I made it, I'm still here. 
I'm still fighting the good fight. Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, 20, 30 years later, that might just be the thing that helps them and whatever mm. they're going through is the fact that the work they put into you all those years ago mm. has had some fruit that they maybe have no idea about. I, I fundamentally believe that Jesus was the original youth leader. Like, you know, I believe the disciples were younger, younger teenagers. You know, Peter was mm. probably the oldest. And actually, when you think about it, Jesus looked after a group of teenagers with one of them trying to kill him. And that's like every youth group I've ever been a part of, <laughs> do you know? So I think, you know, like he set the standard high. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think so much though as well we've talked quite a lot in this podcast for as long as we've been doing it now about testimony and the power of testimony and the importance of testimony and yours is fairly spectacular I have testimonies that maybe aren't quite as exciting as yours certainly not as funny but the importance of testimony cannot be overlooked and I, when we were at we were at the Alpha Leadership Conference this year and for me, the standout thing, I mean, I could have sat all day, every day, listening to the stories of people and their lives and the things that God has done mm. and the things that God is doing, because it never fails to stir up within you something about just hungering after and and feeling, what part am I playing in somebody else's story and journey and what does it encourage me to do what does it call me into and Brody we've talked quite a lot on this haven't we just wanting to encourage this more as a culture even within our church yeah and I think that's a challenge isn't it of I think in one sense as Celts we're storytellers but our kind of like not wanting to big ourselves up means that sometimes we're shy about saying mm. what what's happened in our lives or or to kind of like Des's point as well about you know how did I miss that of youth leaders of sometimes we're just in such a rush and we don't pause to reflect of oh wait a second God actually answered that prayer or God mm-hmm. did this or and and we we miss so much of of what God is is doing and that's where um you know i love the kind of like the practice of it's called the examine of of at night time just before you go to sleep you think back on your day and give thanks for god's presence in it and what he's done sometimes i fall asleep quicker than i can remember (laughs) (laughs) but just that practice of where were you today in 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 my life god that that i can give you thanks for it Mm. Um, and then the next step is telling somebody else about it and and growing in confidence of that and how to do that naturally as Des was saying you know cultures changed so even to talk about Jesus dying on the cross we're going to meet people for whom that means absolutely nothing so where do we 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 start um, and I think we start by by genuinely loving a uh, people but yeah let's let's when we see each other, use each other as our, our practice buddies for seeing what God is doing in our lives and, and what we're seeing God doing. Testimony is one of these words that's lost power, I think. Yeah. Because we yep. treat it as the, oh, this is how I came to faith. You know, I was raised yep. in a Christian home, da, 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 and it was mm. all 15 years ago or 20 years ago or 50 years ago. But actually, testimonies today, like, you know, Absolutely. like literally just as this podcast started, someone brought me a fresh oat latte, do you know? <laughs> that is just a gift from God right there, do you know? Like, yeah. it just, isn't that an inspiration, do you know? And I know that we shouldn't trivialise, but 
how many how many things do we actually miss in a week that you know we should be screaming about we should be celebrating you know and and telling others you're absolutely right brody yeah i think on that i feel sort of compelled to share my mini one from last week just to ex- give a good good example of one last week i was really struggling with something and i had one of those days last wednesday where i woke up and there was nothing in me that wanted to worship god i found connecting with god really difficult and so i did that thing of making the choice to listen to worship music when i was working <laughs> um because I'm, I'm working physically, so I'm not having to use my brain. So I'm, I'm trying to engage with God that way. And, you know, when you make a choice like that to worship when you don't want to, it feels like it shifts things. And later on that day, I had a series of conversations with different people that were all just God affirming to me something and highlighting to me something and speaking into a situation. And by the end of Thursday, I had so much peace and so much sense that God had been moving and still working even when I felt he hadn't. And I know that sounds like a small example, but it was huge for me last week. And a lot of it felt like the importance of choosing him in a, in a situation when I didn't want to and, in, and and choosing to say that he was good even when I didn't feel mm. necessarily that he was. Um, but you're right, Des, I feel like testimonies are all the time mm. and t- talking about them is so important. Uh, this would probably be a good point of which to say that if you have something that you feel as a listener to this show that would be a benefit for others to hear, a testimony of your own, it can be as significant or insignificant as you think it may be, but it may well be something that really shifts the needle for somebody else, then email uh, office at qpbc.org and we will get a recording or you can write it in and we'll read it out so please do send in your own thoughts and testimonies on whatever god is doing with you right now i find it kind of weird to think that there is now or there are now people who if you say to them crucifixion and resurrection in the uk genuinely have no idea what you're talking about you know i remember 20 years ago people would be talking about going overseas to unreached people groups who wouldn't know anything about the gospel it just feels very odd that we are now where we are des Brody, you're more on the front line of evangelism than i am in terms of people who maybe know absolutely nothing what stories can you both relate of just coming across youth, kids, adults who this is all just like incredibly good news, incredibly fresh news? I can only imagine what it must be like to know nothing, having been brought up, mm. you know, churchy, to then hear about this stuff for the first time. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, to be honest, <clears throat> for me, that's largely where I came from when I found faith, you know, I'd mm-hmm. heard a few of the stories, you know, at school or whatever, and a bit in RE, but I'd never really engaged with it. But, you know, genuinely, we are meeting people today, you know, young people coming along to Alpha for the first time or speaking to their friends, and they literally have no idea. And, you know, things that we would have always just, you know, but well, you know, I would argue badly said as from preaching, but you know, oh, you know the story of Martha and Mary, you know, as we know in Noah, you know, as we know, like, no, no, they don't, like, they just have no framework, you know, like, even the concept of the Bible, you know, 
10 years ago, you could have probably still argued the case that the Bible was a fundamental book that people would know and trust and would say that's a, a good book. Most of these young people don't even know what a book is these days, so it bears no relevance, do you know? Like, the, the concept is so far removed that um, of, of even the fact that the Bible could be 66 books. You know, it's just, there's no knowledge there whatsoever, and it's brilliant. But it also means that we're in a pre-Christian society, not a post-Christian mm. society. So the good news is the good news. And actually, the way that we tell the stories allows us a, a huge difference. So, for example, you know, um, the story of Noah, for me, is a really, really interesting one. Because actually, you know, we're dealing with lots of people with mental health issues at the moment. And, you know, could it possibly have been that Noah, after seeing everything he'd seen, after experiencing everything he had experienced, he then has a moment where he drinks far too much, blacks out. Is he suffering from depression? Is he in a place where things were so dark that he's having to process it, you know, and then he's having to refine himself with God? Now, I'm not... I'm not trying to put words in anyone's mouth. I'm not trying to recreate a story that's not there. But actually, that that could be an expression of what's going on in the text there. You know, he's in a dark, dark place after seeing the world wiped out. Is that something that we can relate to people today? Absolutely. People are struggling mm -hmm. with their mental health. People are in dark places, you know. So the story of Noah can be repositioned to, to chat about these things in a new way with people, do you know? And, and I think we need to do that a lot with with the text, is actually find the narratives that speak to people today, not the narratives that speak to people 20 years ago or 50 years ago. Now, I mean, Alpha has been going on for a number of years. I remember one of the first iterations of it that came to Scotland back in, in Edinburgh, P's and G's, I think it was. Yeah, 94 90, or 95, something like that. Yeah, 93, 94. And uh, so how has Alpha changed? Because presumably it has changed in ways that maybe people who did the Alpha course 20 years ago maybe wouldn't recognise now. Yeah, well, we got rid of the flowers. That helped a lot, you know. <laughs> we bought Nikki a new blue jumper. Um, I, I, <laughs> but but I think I think what's changed is... There's a lot of things that have changed and actually there's things that are changing as we go forward. So we're redeveloping the youth film series at the moment. So the third version of the youth film series is going to come out next year. And it is a total departure from everything we've ever done before. Because the questions that young people are asking today are not the questions that they were asking 20 years ago, 30 years ago, or even five years ago. You know, that things have moved a lot. <clears throat> so... So we're having to redress that um, and, and look at things like, you know, what does the Bible say about environmentalism? Where is social justice, you know, today in the, like, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, what's the Bible got to say about that? Do you know? And um, I think there's a lot of topics that young people want to talk about today and that actually just people in general want to talk about today that we've largely avoided in church. Um, so I think we, we're trying to find that but the place that all of this happens the best for an alpha is in the small group you know the small groups have got no framework really except for this is a safe space to have a conversation so the topics and the conversations in there 
are radically different every time. You know, there's a reason that Nicky is in his 97th small group and it's so that he is constantly boots on the ground hearing what people are thinking right now, today, where's culture at, what are people talking about, so that we can continually be resharpening ourselves to be in that space. Cool. Brody. how have you seen it develop in a church context? Because, you know, Des has been operating on the alpha side of it for these years. You've obviously been operating it on the church side. How has it changed within QP and what can people expect of the alpha courses that are coming up in in October? So the first alpha course I ran was before I was in QP and this old data of used an overhead projector. Now, back, to, <laughs> wow. back to things that people don't know what they are. If Did you're have under one of the wheels. Yeah, no, no, no. I can like a, I'd drawn like wee cartoons. Um, oh, right, okay. Kind of like because it was a youth alpha, it's like poster um, paint and stuff like the guys used to get in the street that would. Uh, no, no, I didn't. The... I didn't do it live. I'm not. I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I think the 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 whole film series stuff has been so helpful in many respects because it does some of the heavy lifting and allows. Um, us as hosts to concentrate on being that, on being hosts and um, uh, hosting that conversation. And that's that's the challenging part, isn't it, of allowing enough space for the guests to, um, uh, to ask their questions and to chat with each other and that's that's the thing that i love is when kind of like you can just sit back and let the guests kind of like almost evangelize each other um is 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 brilliant and then if you need to step in you you a uh, uh, you step in and i think at qp we've done alpha in in very different ways i think was it 10, 12 years ago, we decided to make a significant investment in terms of how we profiled Alpha within the church and how we, we ran it. Um, lockdown presented its own challenges for how we ran Alpha and uh, went online with it. Since lockdown, we've done smaller Alphas. So Alpha has happened in QP and most of QP doesn't know that it's happened because we've ran two Farsi alphas, which have been really impactful on the, the lives of the people who've attended. And again, we're now in a season where we're looking to, what does alpha look like post-COVID? For us at QP, it might look mm -hmm. different for uh, the guys at Glasgow Elam or of, of what does it look for us to do alpha, to do it well, um, to host it, um, to create room for the spirit to work, because that's the key thing in Alpha. I don't think anybody's ever been convinced by the Alpha course. What impacts people is it's an opportunity for them to encounter God, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. We're just there to create an environment where mm. people can be close enough to the flame that they get warm. Mm. Um, so, um, so Alpha's changed, so it'll be, be interesting to kind of like see people's reflections on how Alpha happens this time uh, uh, round post-COVID. Post 
Des, that there must be some bleeding edge examples of people you come across who are using alpha in great ways, but unintended ways. Any particular uh, examples that spring to mind? Yeah, yeah, loads. Um, you know, if if you can dream it, think of it, or come up with it, somebody's probably had a go at it with mm. Alpha. You know, um, one of my, one of my favourite stories was a group of young guys. We were just hanging out with their mates. They were paddleboarding and surfing. You know, um, and they just got chatting about God, and they were like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, well, if you guys have all got questions, I suppose we could do Alpha." So they would go out, hit the surf, um, you know, the waves would finish breaking about 10, 30, 11, and they were just on iPads, sitting around on the beach, you know, um, and just play the video, they would all have a chat about it, and then they would go and have lunch after, and, you know, and it was just like, just the coolest idea, you know, of just, well, here's, here's people, we're with our people, and how can we make Alpha work in this place, you know? Or we've got um, we've got some friends that have been trying to do it in the metaverse. So they've right, actually been okay. running it in VR with yeah. um, some some other guys. You know, they're they're heavy duty gamers. Uh-huh. They're all started chatting about God one night, and they're like, "Hey, well, why don't we set something up?" So they set up a metaverse room. They're all in this kind of like VR space, you know. And you're just like. This is crazy, do you know? And one of them was like, how cool would it be to have Nikki sitting there in your room with you? Or, you know, Ben and Jason from the... And it was just like, all these things are possible with the future, I mm. guess, you know? Um, mm. And we've also got people who are just doing beautiful Alpha. Like, one of, one of my favourite things is that Alpha actually started as a dinner party. It was designed yeah. for six people to be in your, in your home, you know? And, and even when we run these massive Alphas, you know, like... Um, at QP, you know, when you've got 5,000 people there and, you know, you've got all the tables out and, you know, you've got this big banquet happening. Actually, what you have is lots of small tables of alpha. Each one's its own individual thing. So actually, I love hearing about people running it in their homes just with their friends and, you know, just that organic nature. It just feels, um, it, it feels to me like, you know, there's just a space for everybody at the table. So just come and find one, you know, whatever, whatever you can dream it. I think there's a space for alpha within it. You know, I, I run one in a hospital once when I was there with my leg hanging off, Uh um, with the people in the beds around me, you know, Uh the the NHS provided the the catering, you know, (laughs) um, and I hijacked the TV with an HDMI cable. Excellent. You know, I, I'm I'm sitting here dreaming of ski chalet alpha. I think that's an untapped, <laughs> yeah, an untapped or yeah, that's definitely yeah. an Hot untapped. Tub alpha uh, is always good. Waterproof iPad. There you go. You know, <laughs> I think one of the incredible things about alpha is that it's the simplicity of it, which is by far, in a way, it's you know, a unique selling point for one mm. of a better expression. And what I love about that is that it shows confidence in god Mm. the belief that he in and of himself is more than enough and as brody's already said with this sort of expression of allowing people to get close enough to the fire so that they can get warm it is literally we don't we don't have to arrive with all of the answers and we don't have to because i was thinking about this personally you know when i think of people that i'm inviting sometimes i'm guilty of um creating the barriers in my own head 
already and deciding all the reasons why yep. this isn't going to work for them because they work on a Sunday and so how would that work and and you know I don't want to interfere with that and you know maybe they're involved with this thing and, and I don't know how they would solve that whereas the people you know the, the thinking behind Alpha is believing that God is enough in these things mm. and it's not our responsibility to have all of the answers it, and it's just so powerful and and really grabbing hold of that. I think personally for me, even thinking this weekend is the challenge. Yep, Jackie, one of the stories that came out when we did the online alpha is, is party. There was one of the guests said, I can't remember which week it was. I think it was pretty close to the end of, I knew about church. I knew about these Christians. I saw that they had something that I wanted, but I didn't know how to get in there. I just needed somebody to ask me. Mm-hmm. And now that's not true of everybody because we've all asked people and they've they've not come. And I think the the encouragement there is keep, just keep asking, just mm. keep praying, just mm-hmm. keep asking. But there was somebody, and I, I wonder how many of those people there are who do you know what they they're they're searching, they're curious about church, they're curious about Jesus. They do know something. They're not part of the the generation that don't know anything. And they just are looking for somebody to ask them, to 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 get them to say, come on in, come on in. Mm. And it, it can be as simple as that. And my hunch is we possibly all know somebody like that. Mm. Are we not also guilty of, and this is maybe me, Des, you might have some thoughts on this, but we can be guilty of looking at people, friends that we have who aren't Christians, who who seem to have a fairly straightforward life so there's no major drama in it and you know they have their family and their children or whatever and their jobs and and they seem to be quite happy and we can write a narrative in our head that says i, I don't want to sort of rock that boat because actually being a christian can be quite hard mm. and and actually that also then means that they need to go to church and also church can be quite hard and yeah. so we also can do that thing of oh and maybe they're not really looking for anything because maybe they're quite happy mm. and we tell ourselves they don't need to like it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I, th- I think we're all guilty of doing that, you know, of, of looking at someone and thinking, nah, they, they're actually okay, you know. But um, <laughs> what is it? the line is the, there's no um, there's no atheists in foxholes. When your life's when your life's in drama, when your yeah. life's you know the bombs are going off, mm-hmm. then it's easy to find faith. But that that isn't necessarily always the best time to find faith. You know, it's actually you know like being prepared for the rough stuff um, is so much better. You know, like going to the gym and being able to run 10 miles or whatever is always better before the lion starts chasing you than after, do you know? So I think we can can get into that place. But I also think how many people do we look at and they they seem on the surface to have it all together, Mm -hmm. but they're actually two payments, you know, two mortgage payments away from homelessness. You know, the kids are actually really stressing them out right now or stuff at work's really, really difficult and chipping away at them or they're lonely or they're carrying shame or, you know, there's so many things that just exist in the background that we don't see and that we put a veil over it. You know, when when people look at, looked at my life um, previously, I seemed okay. I seemed like I had it all together. And I was a terrible addict and my life was a total disaster and I hated the person I was becoming. But on the surface, I was happy-go-lucky and I was, everything was gravy and, you know, I had a nice car, I had a nice job, I had a nice house, like, everything was fine, do you know? Um, but actually, I needed it more than anybody else did at that point. 
if that hasn't tempted you to either come to an alpha course yourself, because of course, if you're listening to this and you've stumbled across this podcast or you've been an avid listener for months, you are more than welcome to come along to Queen's Park Baptist Church and inquire about coming in an alpha course. Or if it's inspired you to invite someone, then if you're at QPBC at any given weekend. There are even little invitation cards you can pick up to make it that smidgen easier to invite someone you know to a course. Let's have one final word. This one's maybe a bit trickier than normal. So I'm just going to leave the floor open to what would you like to say that's not been said? So first up, mm, drum roll. She doesn't look very keen. Oh no, she does. She's putting her hand up. Jackie. <laughs> well, I don't want it to be one final word of mine. I want to ask Brody and Des a question as my one okay. final word. Is that all right? Good. I know That's that breaks fine. with tradition. There, there are no rules. Well, I wanted to ask, what have you learned about God since being involved with or running alphas? Oh gosh, it silenced them. <laughs> On you go, Brody. <laughs> I think it goes back to something that you said Jackie, and that is, do you know what? It's it's about trusting God. Of we don't need all the answers. Close your ears, Des. We don't actually even need to do Alpha terribly well. We could be terrible at doing Alpha, <laughs> but God shows up because God loves people and wants them to be in relationship with Him and enter into the fullness of His kingdom. So it's it's that having. Yeah, having, not stressing about it. I think one of the worst things we can do, whether either it's like inviting people or when we're hosting Alpha, is for us to get all stressed about, you know, feeling the weight of of people's eternal destiny on our shoulders, of actually our confidence is in, in God, the creator of everything who loves people. So have confidence in, in God, trust in him. Mm, that's good. What have I learned? I've learned so much. I think the thing that I always come back to is that there's no question too big for God. Mm. Like, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter how rough everything seems, he just wants to have a chat with you. He just wants to meet you where you're at and his love for you will fix everything. Do you know, I have seen the most disastrous situations resolved through alpha you know um, and people who just you know they they've came in and they have nothing and 10 weeks later they're a different human you know and the only thing that's changed is god's love has been poured upon them you know so um yeah i guess hope i guess is probably the easiest way to sum that up that's good thank you well it feels like that might have been the final word but I'll ask just in case there's anything else. Brody, anything else to say? Well, I guess the obvious thing to say is, do you know what? At QP, we're running an alpha course. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know that? It starts... You haven't got that so far then. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't been listening properly. <laughs> starts on Wednesday, the 4th of October. It will be in the Camp Hill building. So that's a building that we meet on a Sunday in the large hall, seven o'clock, who are you? I, I pray for it. So if you're not able to go or you, you've not been able to invite somebody or somebody who you've invited this time round to said no, then pray for it. Because so can Alpha and praying for the people, praying for the team, that is just so key. But if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, 
you know what? I don't really know much about what you guys have been talking about. I want to find out more. Then come along. Everybody is welcome. If you are part of QP and a regular listener, then pray about who you're going to invite and just take that that step of, of boldness and saying, hey, we're doing this thing. Would you like to come along? And you get a special prize if you come along to Alpha and say that the reason you're here is because I heard about it in the podcast. I've no idea what the special prize is, but if you say that, we'll make something up. Maybe a, like a cream egg or something. I, I'll sort <laughs> you out. We'll get some Alpha merch for you. There you go. Alpha Yay! merch. Baseball caps. <laughs> See? <laughs> well, Des, you preached on Sunday and we very much enjoyed it. What would you like to leave us with today? Uh it's, it's too hard. How do you sum up everything that we just chatted about? I think what I'd love to leave you with today is there's a space for you at the table. There's a, a room for you at the end, however you want to describe it. But just, just know that no matter what's going on in your life, that there's a space for you at Alpha, there's a space for you in church, and that God loves you. And if you are not local to Queen's Park, then do look up just Alpha the Alpha website and on there you will see a note of other churches that may be more local to you that are doing the course and you can go along there and do keep in touch tell us that you went along somewhere else give us some feedback office at qpbc.org that's all from us this week we may we may be speaking to Desi's bosses 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 boss at some point in the near future so listen out for that and uh, yes, Mr. Mr. G, the G-Man, he'll appear blue jumper clad with his V-neck or his turtleneck or whatever it is he always wears in a future episode. So listen out for that coming up soon. But thanks for joining us. And thank you, Des, for joining us. No, thank, thank you. you. Bye, it was a pleasure to hang, guys. <laughs> Cheerio. Bye. Bye.